Hello and welcome into the Hill and Valley. This is Nick Roby. Thanks for joining me once again. Guys, we are super close to college football. Let's go. Week zero is upon us. So, of course, the Clemson Tigers don't play on this upcoming weekend. However, it just means we're closer and closer to the mega Labor Day weekend kickoff. Super pumped about this. A lot to get into. Uh, Today, we're going to be diving into the offense, talk a little bit of that side of the ball and what I'm looking for, what I'm excited about, some things we're we're really trying to watch out for, especially in this first upcoming matchup and early in the season. Excited what this looks like. So we're going to dive in position by position. So stay tuned. Let's kick it off. First step on the docket for the 2022 Clemson offense, we got to talk quarterback play. I mean, that's the question on everyone's mind. How far can Clemson go? It's, well, how much of an improvement are we going to see from DJ Ubiangalale? And I just, I think that's really the question. So, I mean, let's jump onto it. I think there's a little bit of a really emphasis on this from everyone from the outside. I think internally, it, there's definitely, it seems like some more improvements you want from him for sure, but it sounds like it's more of also a, just a collective unit. Like the wide receivers didn't play well enough last year. Offensive line was being shuffled around and you had three different centers and DJ was hurt part of the year and just a lot of obstacles he was having to go through. There's just a lot of different factors versus just like DJ isn't good enough. It's not, for me, I you know, you see talent there. And I think I'm excited to see what the season looks like. And just because people are expecting it not to be as good, you know, Clemson's ranked as high as fourth in the country, you know, in the AP poll, but other people are just like, well, we'll, we'll see when we believe it. And I think that actually kind of works in like DJ's favor because the talent's there. Uh, He obviously, you've been able to catch up. You've seen that he's uh, lost some weight, about 20 pounds and, as Debo's described it, it's not like he was like losing like because he was out of shape per se. It was more of he was re-toning uh, his body, you know, and um, making himself a little bit leaner and quicker and just what he was focusing on. And I think that will really pay dividends, especially with extending plays and just being a little bit lighter on his feet. I mean, obviously the accuracy has to improve. And I think that's the accuracy and the the touch, I think, especially, too, because he's got the arm. It, it's never been a question about the arm. That will be a big thing. I think, also, there wasn't any consistency when it came to wide receivers. Like, the guys he was prepared to play with, like, they were in and out. And, you know, you go into South Carolina on the road with your rival, and you're starting two freshmen that are great players, but you just don't go into expecting that with, like, a freshman running back. And... I just think that the Georgia game took a big toll and it just took a while for them to recover. And it's just, you're just trying to grind it out. So he had a hurt finger, hurt knee, and it's not excuses. It's just, I think just more of just showing them what the reality is. And so 
I think we'll see an improved DJ. I don't think, you know, last year he had, what was it, 27, 600 yards, nine touchdowns, 10 interceptions. I, I don't think we'll see that. I don't know. You can't sit here and say now, like, we're definitely going to see, we saw our Notre Dame. But I think it's going to be somewhere more in the middle and maybe more towards that. And just how much belief, especially Dabo and this team has behind him, I think is a big deal. That being said, also, too, you didn't really have somebody last year who could really push him. I mean, we had backups, but not someone who could super push to be like, well, there's a, there's a legitimate case that he could be made to be starting. And you have that in five-star quarterback Austin from Austin, Texas, uh, Cade Kublik. And from wearing here from Cade, I mean, I don't think it's fair to right away be like, oh, well, he's the next Deshaun or next Trevor. I don't. I don't think that because those are like generational type players. That's just really hard to put on a freshman. Like what you saw from Trevor when he was a freshman, it's just that's not normal. And but seeing very good signs from him and just seeing he's got good accuracy. I, I, I like his presence in the pocket. Seems to be getting better. And I think just getting his feet more under him. I mean, we saw that's why you have spring practices and stuff. Is you saw some of that just freshman and you just get used to the speed of the game so it'll be very interesting to see what how they kind of try to use him and get him some experience especially you have georgia tech but you have Furman and louisiana tech before you have wake and nc state so he'll get some plays but i think it's clear that dj is the guy and you want to give k that experience in case he needs to come in and and do that but i think just being like this is this is dj's team and k is the future uh and then you have also guys coming down the road. But I think also with just nice having that quarterback room, you have Hunter Johnson, who's just like a, I think he's in his sixth year now. But you just have that upperclassman leadership too. So I just it's a good room. And then you have Hunter Helms and even like uh, Trent Pierman from local Daniel High School. So I just think there's, they, yeah, there's some talent in that room, and I think they'll push him. And I think we'll see an overall improvement from the pieces around him that will just give DJ better confidence um, to make it an overall better year. So I feel good about quarterback, but that definitely is one of the things we're looking at, especially if we go into the Georgia Tech game. Up next, we have the running backs. The running backs, y'all. I this this room is fun. I think this is one of, uh, arguably one of the most fun rooms, uh, position groups to, to watch. And there's just so much talent that all these guys deserve to be starting. These top three guys. And last year, I think really showed really a lot of potential. What's coming in from this? And so, you know, in the past. Dabo and this coaching staff has liked knowing this one one back, you know, Wayne Gallman, uh, Trevor, uh, Travis Etienne, obviously. But now I would expect when you have these different bodies, you can throw in there and they all have different attributes about them that make them special. It just, as a defense, that's just tough to prepare for. And now that they're coming back all healthy, I mean, the guy who's arguably the third string got the most reps you know, he got the reps in spring practice. And so these guys can all arguably start. But, I mean, you have to start when you think of running backs for Clemson. I mean, you got to think about Will Shipley, who as a freshman was already coming in as a leader. 
and just really like the way he carried himself. And I, I'm just super excited for him to be healthy and get some more reps under himself. I think you, you see a little bit of just how it's a tough transition being a freshman into college football. And then you're like, oh, you know, fun. You get to play Georgia and like some of these big teams. But Shipley showed that he has really becoming like a leader of this offense where last year, you know, DJ is more of a quiet leader type of guy, but Will Shipley, just once you get that, has, has gotten that feel from under him, I've just been impressed with the way he's carried himself. And I think just really has that leadership ability that this side of the ball has really been needing. You know, Shipley comes in 700 yards, 11 touchdowns. I, he's the number one, but it's very close. I think we're going to see more of the screen game, more of the short passing game to get the ball out of DJ's hands quicker and just gives another element to that offense. And with another year under his belt, Shipley really did that well out of high school. And now that they're tweak, they've tweaked the offense a little bit to be a little bit more just easier for the players to execute well. I'm excited for this part of the game. I think this can be a really fun part of just making this well, especially when you, when we have wide receiver screens too. And just these different elements and Shipley out of the backfield. Then you have Kobe Pace, who is just dynamic and can hit the hole and just go. And I'm, I mean, he had a great year last year, 600 yards, averaged six yards a carry. I mean, <laughs> six touchdowns. So he's going to be fun. And then you have Phil Moffa, who, you know, he's 230 pounds, you know, coming at you. establishing was with like a 4-4 or something. It, you know, have fun trying to tackle that too. And I think what you're kind of seeing is that and in, in just listening to Dabo and just some of these, what this offense really does well is instead of trying to bounce all these runs to the outside, this offense does, does well. Clemson's offense, people think, is more of a, from the outside can be like, oh, it's, it's a passing offense with run that complements. It's really a running, it's a spread, you know, it's a spread type of offense, but really it's running between the tackles that sets up everything else. And if you can run the ball consistently, then the short passing game is there and then the deep threat is there. It really just opens up that ability. And if you have, we didn't mention this on the, on the QB side, but if you have the QB run part of it too, you, you'll probably see that a little bit more as needed and I think just the more of these backs can hit the ground and and run between the tackles I think that will really help and as with the improved offensive line play as we'll talk about it's just it's all complementary and I think that's the exciting part about this and so with with you know uh, coach CJ Spiller which is still so cool to think about that you know one of the best running backs in history is oh now he's your running back coach it's just it's okay when somebody gets tired somebody else goes in he says it's one of his you know easiest jobs right now it's just because it's like they're all good and you're just like okay when somebody gets tired you send somebody else in and the fact that you have three that can complement each other well but they're all ready to go and ready and preparing as a starter i think is big and i think um this is a very big key for this year i mean dj is what people are looking at outside but the more that Clemson can control the run game, control the offense, and when you have a great defense, the more you can control the ball in offense, the fresher they are in defense, and the more pressure the other offense feels. It's like, well, if this offense can just control the ball, you know, and be consistent, like it's even more pressure on us to as we go against this really top 
defense. And I think the running game is a huge part of that. So super excited for them this year. All right. As we keep going into this uh, 2022 offensive preview for Clemson, we come up on wide receiver. This is a very interesting group because last year, you know, they really didn't probably perform as well as they would have liked to. And I know that this whole group is really wanting to improve on that and really show that last year was is a space for growth and was more of an anomaly versus the traditional, you know, wide receiver you as, as Clemson likes to be known as. But, you know, when you're ranked ninth in the ACC and 82nd in scoring and 11th in passing in conference, it's, it's, tough, to, it's tough to claim that as much. And I think what I'm excited for this year is that last year you probably had a lot of guys who were similar builds and having a guy like Spectre hurt in the slot and not having like an Amari Rogers piece or a Hunter Renfro type of slot person. I know there are a couple, like he's a couple of years removed when you don't have that. I think that just really hurt because everyone you're having the same type of wideouts trying to do different things. And, and you just didn't have that, that safety net type of receiver per se, or it was just all the injuries kept piling up. I mean, it was just, brutal and then you have Justin Ross poor guys coming back from the spinal surgery and just trying to get used to playing football again and so super excited for him to even just have an opportunity in the NFL because he's a talent but you lose him and really you you didn't really get to to jump on all of his talent just unfortunately and you had a lot of freshmen and or guys like a Joseph Angata who has just been hurt and the talents there but just, it, can he stay on the field you have a guy like Frank Ladson transfer. Um, didn't really get to see him fully. So I think there's just a lot of places for guys to step up. And a factor of this has been talked about, and I think it's a really, really thing important to talk about, is the wide receiver blocking has to be better. And that's really like on for running plays to be go from like a three-yard, four-yard gain to like the 10, 15, 20, like those type of runs – the wide receiver blocking just has to be better. And I know that's been an emphasis this year. And that's a lot of that is effort. And I'm, you know, you're not trying to call out single guys, but I just think like that's the type of, you know, how rebounding in basketball, like it's the guy who wants it more type of thing. Like who wants to go after it? That That's kind of how I think about when I think about like wide receiver blocking. It's not like on the stat sheet, you're not going to get credit for that. Like if you're doing it well, people don't always you know, notice it, but it's a huge factor of this game. And that's why football is such a cohesive team game is you need that to go well. And that's why a guy like Dakari Collins, you know, he was a freshman who got some playing time later in the year because he was doing that really well. And I mean, he's a guy you want on your team and just super proud of the effort that these guys showed in the year. And I'm just excited for what this looks like. So, and got to, you know, really, this is his year to to show what he can do on the outside. You had Bo Collins, you know, come in, and you have the uh, St. John Bosco relationship. You're younger than DJ that you were really starting to see, and I think he's due for a big breakout year. So, I'm I'm excited for that. Specter could be really cool. EJ Williams is another guy who from the same high school as 
Justin Ross in Alabama from like Phoenix City. And you could argue that he's just maybe been a little bit of his shadow. And I'm excited for him, you know, hopefully get on the field more. Um, Antonio Williams is another guy who I've heard we've heard great things about. And there's some freshmen that are going to be pushing for they're being pushing for playing time. And it, it's really just going to be the best guys you can play. But I think a guy, if Brandon Spector or somebody in the slot can really establish themselves, that would be big. And then you got Will Taylor. You know, you only want to mention him too, the dual player. I think we'll see some, be cool to see him in the slot or maybe some Wildcat or some, maybe see some more of the more the jet sweep pop pass, like that type of thing. I'm very curious to see those types of things. But this group, I know, is really ready. I mean, they, they, I, I'd imagine they're, they're, they're ready to, to show what they can do this year. And DJ's got to be more accurate, of course. But this group as a whole, you got to help your quarterback out. Like I've just seen, We were just seeing more drops last year. And I think just for them to hit those big plays and not have it all be on, you know, the running game or all on DJ – perfectly is big and you know you saw a lot of those the the drop back you know rush three drop back eight what we were seeing and you got to make defenses pay for that and so i would imagine georgia tech's going to try that because it worked some they were one of the first teams to really try that and so i'm very interested to see just the chemistry of these guys but i think a lot of guys were due for a big year and i think last year's gonna be more of an anomaly than the new norm for sure As we keep chugging along on this 2022 preview, we've got the tight end. And you could argue, and I really think that the offensive, really underrated guy from this last year is in this group. And that's Davis Allen. And I'm, I just, that guy just... He just goes out and plays football, and you just love to watch it. You're a guy who just you love to have on your team. He can block well. He can run routes. He can jump up and get the ball. I mean, he made a big play in the Syracuse game. I mean, this guy kept Clemson in a lot of games, and when you weren't having a guy you feel like you could go to on offense, you knew Davis Allen was going to be there. And even though the stats aren't always like the like – they're not the, the most standout things. It's only 200 yards, three – touchdowns you know 7.4 receptions he's a guy that was a go-to and just a big time player so I'm excited for him and what's gonna be his senior year and just what's to come of it and you're gonna see I think using him more dynamically as you can use him in the blocking game have him go out and, and make this kind of critical receptions i he he's a big like third down receiver for sure and if you're having to focus on all these different positions a guy like him makes him more valuable and more of a threat because you have to put maybe a linebacker or something because if you just put a corner or safety he can jump over the top and 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 convert those third and sevens and third and sixes like that's that's the type of guy i think that's really a big step for him and he is a guy who could be an nfl type of tight end and we really haven't had uh that type of a guy since like jordan leggett and just the receiving game so i'm expecting him to have a bigger year when it comes to numbers wise but 
Another guy pushing for playing time is, is Jake Bringstool, the freshman wide receiver. Made some big plays, and you could really see some some talent that was there and just some exciting things you want to build off of. You know, but as a freshman, he was just getting his his bearings under him. And I think now it's going to be really cool to see, like, how they get used more. I could see a little bit more of a couple tight ends playing with Kyle Richardson really running some more of the passing game and him being over the tight ends. I think just having a different look will be very cool. He's a guy I'm excited to see what this next step comes out to be and if we can continue to develop the the tight end room to be a little bit more than just blocking, which is great. I mean, it's needed, and it's not as eye-popping, but when Clemson's been really good in, in past years, or you just have that extra threat like a Jordan Leggett, it makes the defense have to have to guard somebody else and be a matchup problem. And I'm excited for a guy like Jake to really see what he can do in year two and just un, under a new, uh, more improved offense. And last, but no, most certainly not least, are the big boys up front, the offensive line. You know, this group, I, I feel for these guys. You know, when the team's going well and everything's going right and offense is, you know, putting up 40-plus points a game, these guys don't get mentioned as much. And when things aren't going wrong and the quarterback's getting pressured, you know, who's the first one to get blamed? Offensive line. So they're not always the, the guys that get talked about the most or get the most notoriety. But, I mean, it's critical for you to have the teams that, in the seasons that people want and to really win those battles, not just in like the non-conference, but in the big like uh, conference games and then to win in the postseason. So obviously this year, like this team, it just was not what they wanted to be. And when you have, we're rotating a lot of guys, three different centers, you're having to start a true freshman on the interior against Georgia who, you know, had 15 Defensive players drafted in the first, I think overall, um, it's some you know insane numbers like, like I think seven in the first round or something or five in the first round. So I'm excited for these guys to have gotten more reps. You know, you have Jordan McFadden, who's an, a preseason all all ACC player, and you know one of the best offensive linemen in the country. Have him have left tackle. You could move him around a little bit, but I just I like putting a guy like that on the outside. So we'll see with that. They have Putnam at center. And so I think that will be a good, just having that consistency. You have Marcus Tate, I think, as a freshman. He really got thrown into the fire. And I think you'll see an improved play from him on the interior. And I think that's the focus. I mean, obviously, you want the outside to protect the quarterback's blind side especially. But that interior just has to get a better push. If you want, like I was saying earlier with running backs, this Clemson offense especially, you have to establish the running game because it sets up everything else to be complementary of each other. So if you can establish the interior, now that you have to like, you know, get a pancake or push these guys all the way back, but if you can continue to get those three and four yard pushes to break open to let the running back make the second level and third level have to be the ones to make those tackles versus just like, you know, a defensive lineman, that's big. And it can turn a no-yard gain to a three-yard gain and three to six and, and those type of things. And you make manageable third downs and you feel more confident 
in those short third round games. It's like, we're going to run the ball. You know we're going to run the ball and try to stop us because we feel we like our guys against your guys. You know, how and hat, like, are we just going to beat you? And I, I feel good about that. I, I, I think, you know, offensive line has really been a position where uh, trying to be development. And you're seeing with Thomas Austin, he's getting recruits. He's just a new, like just a new face, a new energy. And I think we're going to see some of that just across the board when it comes to different parts of the offense. But I just think, especially with a guy like Thomas Austin, I'm excited to see what he can do with this. And they like being able to rotate guys and having those fresh bodies. And I'm hearing like nine to 10 players who can, who can play on the offensive line. And that's big, especially with how many injuries this group unfortunately had. And then you have a guy like Walker, Walker Parks, and you're expecting him to start a right tackle. But it sounds like Blake Miller in, in fall camp has just been killing it as a freshman. So you're like, well, you want to put, if you're going to have a freshman, like the preference, and like they didn't have this option last year, is you want to put, I like the idea of having Miller on the outside on the tackle position and a little bit more of his natural position. And as a freshman, you know, I'm hearing different guys, like, freshman offensive line do you want them just to focus on the one position versus like trying to think about all these different things and so moving parks on the inside i think it's just better for the team and so this group i think i'm just excited for them and just ready to see what they can do so there you have it we've gone through all of the different position groups and I think just it's important to know, like with Brandon Streeter, also just as a new uh, offensive coordinator, I think Tony Elliott got a lot of blame for things that, you know, maybe they're playing a little safe. But as they were talking about in the offseason, things kept getting added on to, you know, the offense and eventually you just have to kind of go through like, you know, you go through your computer file and you have to just clean up some things or just take things out of the out of the booklet that you're just not needed or you're not using and just make it more of a, you know, almost like a spring cleaning kind of a thing and just saying, what are we actually using? What is actually important for us? What do we want to focus on? And I think that type of thing is healthy every so often. And I'm excited for that. I think I'm excited for Tony Elliott and his opportunity at Virginia. But I mean, Brandon Streeter, like he was the one who was helping Cole Stout in that bowl game against Oklahoma where he threw 300 yards and had his best game of the season. He's been offensive coordinator at Richmond, you know, at the level underneath. And so has he been in this and at this level? No, but he's used to that. And I think just that new energy, you know, as we were talking about different positions, I think that's good and it gives guys opportunities and we're going to see some, some really cool, different things this year so i think we're going to see some some similarities but uh, i think we're going to see a little bit different a little bit more uh, a little bit more in execution so there you have it um i think this team you know this team last year scored 26 points a game i think it's not all about you know has to be the certain number i would think but i think if you can even improve just by like a score or get into the 30s i mean trying to score that many points against this against this type of defense is have fun with that <laughs> you know so i think with this offense it's not trying to be you know, they're just trying to be themselves and execute and just play within themselves within the game and even if you can improve just like a score 
because last year there were just too many close games to ask your defense to continue to bail out the offense. And I think you just got unlucky with health last year too. So if you can improve a score, I think maybe the magic number might be 28. If you can score at least 28 points a game, I, I, I think with this defense, as we're going to talk about in the next episode, I feel comfortable winning with many of those games. You give yourself an opportunity for sure. But I think this team is capable of more of that. But I think just being reasonable and being like, yeah, this team might not score as many points as we're used to in the past. And, but I think it's going to be better than it was last year. And I feel excited about that. But also being ready for, you know, Clemson teams notoriously start out slower. And they don't unveil all the playbook or things aren't always clicking on on cylinders, even when you had the Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence years. So I think just being expecting of that, I think of like the Georgia Tech game, if it's like a 28 to 10 game and you're seeing execution and you're seeing like there's going to be some first game hiccups because you don't get like a preseason. Like for me, like there's going to be things to improve on. But I mean, just not having to play these like tight score games where you're just having to make your defense say like make a stand at the last second every time i think that's big time and this side of the ball being doubted i think plays in their favor so i'm excited to see what this team does but there you have it that is the 2022 season preview we are less than two weeks away from clemson football and playing in mercedes-benz stadium so thanks for listening guys remember to like subscribe to the podcast share with any of your friends uh Follow us on YouTube at the Hill and Valley. Stay up to date on that way. So thanks for listening. And for now, we are signing off.